everyone uh, to the uh, retreat, Reclamation of the Sacred. <clears throat> Very um, meaningful theme to contemplate in our times. Glad that um, <clears throat> each of each, each of you and each of us can can be here together um, at this time to to take some shelter from the storms, literal and um, and all the other storms going on in our societies um, and globally, to reorientate and reconnect uh, with a deeper flow of uh, understanding and what we call the Dharma unfolding of a deeper truths and a deeper lawfulness maybe of the um, natural unfolding of reality to connect not only with the surface uh, that we react to of our experience and the collective experience but also to have the space and the silence and the containment and the support of each other to contemplate the nature of our experience, to, to contemplate the nature of consciousness and awareness and presence, and fundamentally the, the miracle of that, to be here, to be present, to be aware. It's the most honest thing that we can say about ourselves, that we're here, we're aware, we're present together. So I'm very uh, happy to um, also uh, be here at uh, IMS, all of us here that um, are facilitating the retreat, This uh, and to acknowledge the long history of the Dharma practice here and the many, many different beings and teachers and founders and benefactors and practitioners that have enabled this uh, Dharma venue to come uh, to the place that it is now, which is very supportive, uh, very nourishing, very responsive to the needs of, um, of everyone that comes through this space. And I'd just like to honor everyone that's been involved over the long period of time in supporting uh, this Dharma venue. I feel very grateful that we can be here and grateful to all that have enabled it. And also very grateful that we, we have a, a wonderful team here together. That, um, it's a great team that uh, we've worked uh, together before and have long friendships and long sharing of the Dharma practice. And uh, each of us will introduce ourselves just now. Um, and our job here is to really help facilitate the process of the retreat uh, through contemplating the Dharma, uh, offering instruction, guidelines, um, to check in with everyone and see how you're doing, um, to be able to help guide the process. And that, that is a great privilege and also uh, somewhat daunting 
and a little challenging, but um, you know, for primarily for us, it's uh, it's an honour to be able to do this this work. So my name is Tanisara, and um, I'm originally from the UK. I've been living a long time on and off in many different places and spaces. <laughs> a long time in um, Europe and South Africa and Tennessee and more recently in, in the Bay Area. So I just came, came over with uh, Kitty Saro um, from San Francisco to be able to come and be in this retreat uh, together and to facilitate it uh, with our team. My name is Kitty Saro. Uh, I echo Tanisara. Delighted to be back here at uh, IMS. And uh, just like her, I've been many years in South Africa, England, Tennessee, and now uh, uh, more based in a little town in California called Sebastopol. And uh, it's good to be here. You'll hear more from me later tonight. So good evening, I'm Dara Williams, and uh, echoing a lot of what Tanisara said, but also just saying I think it's pretty darn sacred that we're just all here. You know, the minute you got on the plane, got in the car, got on the bus or the train, whatever it took, whatever decisions you had to make and whatever choices you made to be here speaks to the reality of uh, having consciousness and bringing the sacred into everyday living because you had to do a lot of stuff to get here. So I'm really um, honored to be here with you all and every time a retreat starts for me it feels like I'm going on vacation. Like you say really but like really. (laughs) Like on a vacation, there's this excitement and there's this um, joy and there's this wondering of what's to come uh, over the nine days that we'll be together. And I'm really grateful to um, join with you um, in that. And really, um, for me, it's full circle. I actually, uh, I don't know if it was four or five years ago, uh, gave my first Dharma talk. Uh, here in this hall with Tanissa and Kitasaro. Um, so for me, it's a real big heart, warm time, um, gracious appreciation for who they are and that I'm lucky enough to get to ride with them on this particular journey. 
so looking forward to um, meeting those of you who I have not met before and those of you that I do know. Hello, and thank you all for being here. So, uh, my name is Young, and um, let's see, I was born in South Korea, but I've been living here 40 something years. Uh, currently living in Chattanooga and in Durango, Tennessee, and Colorado, kind of going back and forth. Um, I'm in the IMS teacher training here, and I'm just very, very happy to be here. I feel so lucky, so grateful to be a part of this team and to be back at IMS and with you all, and um, really looking forward to the snow tomorrow. So. Yes, very happy to be here. Thank you. My name is Jeannie. Hopefully this is the most difficult part of the <laughs> retreat. Um, I grew up in Chicago and now live in the Bay Area and have the good fortune to find myself uh, neighbors to Kitty Saro and Tanisra, who I've been practicing with and training with and assisting for probably close to 10 years now. And I'm absolutely delighted to be here. This is my second time only at IMS, um, having practiced mostly on the West Coast. And um, when I came into the room and saw all of you, my heart leapt <laughs> with joy. So in addition to all the um, looking directly at difficulty and experiencing challenges, I want to hold the the possibility of um, no limit to the goodness and joy that we can accomplish here together during this time. So, delighted to be here with everybody. in a world with so much conflict and turmoil, oftentimes people shouting at one another or lobbing charged opinions back and forth and not really listening to or relating to or practicing, empathizing with 
the other. It's true, I, I agree with Jeannie to walk into this room tonight and feel the collected quality of uh, presence, a listening silence, a sensitive silence. That was uh, uplifting, awesome in a quiet way. The, the beauty of that. It is not often that visible in our in the manifested world. Join in with uh, Dara and congratulate everyone on making it here. That we managed and uh, nature seemed to have cooperated to arrange the storms so that we could get here. When we were flying from the west coast, we we came right before all the storms and uh, the day after we flew, there were thousands of flights canceled. So we felt fortunate to get to the east coast and now fortunate to come here on the day before uh, perhaps a big snow. But congratulations for making it because uh, oftentimes uh, obstacles come up that are trying to talk us out of it's just not time, it's too much to do. Will it really make a difference? Well, as far as I'm concerned, this is a, a very auspicious occasion. and a real graceful opportunity. To welcome, truly, to generate with our attitude and the power of the place, a well, a receptive space of our heart to, to receive, make contact with, connect with our life and all the currents of wanting and not wanting and longing and apprehension, that which is pleasing, that which is difficult to bear, painful, that which feels easeful, that which feels stressful, to really make an intention to open to our experience for the sake of uh, really comprehending it, understanding, stand under, so that we can really get perspective on our life and begin to recognize that which perpetuates conflict, perpetuates a sense of being lost, a sense of always trying to get somewhere, that which perpetuates frustration, perpetuates confusion, 
learning how to recognize that. Not hate it, but recognize it. Notice how we feed it, empower it. Realize it too is a part of the blessed, sacred suchness of life. But that even in touching it with this is how it is, with a moment of clear comprehension, it's become something different. We start, rather than all my problems, my hopes, they start to become infused with a quality of this. This is the dharma. This is uh, nature. These are patterns. These are moments to be explored. And also to reflect on that which gives rise to ease, that which gives rise to peace, that which gives rise to clarity, understanding, joy, and to cultivate that, further that, deepen that. We'll begin in a uh, classical way that uh, can be seen just as a rite and a ritual. It is, a, in a sense, a rite and a ritual, but it's a profound one, an ancient one. What's called um, undertaking the, the refuges and precepts. Over the years, it's been 42 years since I first met uh, Lumpa Cha, Ajahn Cha, our master in a forest of northeast Thailand. And at first I just wanted the meditation, all these Buddha images and flashing lights and rules. And I thought the real, the real stuff is the meditation. I love meditation, it's, it's good. But over the years, I begin to realize the profundity, the importance of generating together this collective vessel, this, this protective container, which will uh, guide us through these eight days uh, together. The, the Buddha talked about eight streams of blessing, what he called auspicious energy. The word he used was punya, which is sometimes translated as merit, but it means that sort of energy, that sort of activity, as the Buddha defined it, that gives rise to what is wished for, loved, agreeable, nourishments of happiness, that which leads to one's welfare and happiness, eight streams. The first he describes is when someone has gone for refuge to the Buddha. In this this context, we'll be exploring it, but learning to have our refuge be that buddhic core. Buddhic means, Buddha means awake. Refuge means that which is trustworthy, safe. There's a, a powerful, transformative, blessing in 
any particular moment aligning with wakefulness, being aware, aware of what? Of dharma, of nature, of how it is now. Learning to trust that uh, this is a safe abiding. To align with the conscious capacity to be aware and vigilant. That can then know and comprehend what is happening in terms of feelings, sensations, moods. These refuges have an internal and an external dimension. The external Buddha is the inspiring life of the historical uh, Buddha, which we'll reflect some on. But the main, one of the main principles is he told us we all have this Buddha nature. We all have this potentiality, this capacity to be wise, compassionate, free from suffering. All beings. That's in our nature. That's that internal, timeless Buddha. The historical Buddha arises and ceases, is born and dies. But there's a quality which we'll be looking at, this undying, bright, what the Buddha called the original brightness, a luminosity, which is at the core of all conditions which we overlook when we get mesmerized, distracted, hijacked by moods, views, opinions, and then become refugees from our own sacred heart. We get contracted around some definition, limitation about what we think we are and what, who we think they are. Going for refuge to Buddha, awake, to the Dharma, the way things are. And the external Dharma will be using some of the classical teachings of the, of the Buddha, which are guidelines, like chalk lines for builders. You flick a chalk line and it leaves a beautiful line that one can follow for, for laying down the foundation one, whatever home, abiding one is building. In terms of reflecting on Dharma teachings like mindfulness of the breath or patience or kindness or investigating into the nature of changing nature of conditions, these are teachings passed down to the Buddha, external Dharmas that when reflected on allow our body-mind to align with nature with the way things are. The timeless dharmas, even if there's no dharma texts around, even if we can't remember the name of any sutta, any discourse, in any moment, there's always the possibility of resting with, abiding with, awareness of how things are. The Buddha said when we do that, when we when that becomes a sincere intentionality rather than just being taking refuge in always wanting to feel good or taking refuge in wanting to get my way or taking refuge in some chronic worry in a moment of taking refuge in the Buddha Dharma we 
Acknowledge, ah, this is worry. We notice how it feels. The awareness is exploring the nature of that mood and seeing it as a changing condition that comes and goes. In holding worry lightly, it still is worry, but we're not so contracted around it. And we have the opportunity to sense again the measureless, pure, luminous presence that the Buddha called the original brightness, this timeless Buddha nature. Going refuge to Sangha, we can encourage each other, this group. The Buddha talked about how wise and virtuous beings are very important, that to do this alone is very difficult, if not impossible. And so the presence of another can really make a difference to encourage us. We encourage each other with our presence. When we're flagging, we notice someone else maybe. Being patient. Beginning again. A moment of just mindfulness or politeness or pausing to wait so that we can go through the door. We just might have a glance of someone being sensitive, and that can inspire us to begin again, to help get perspective on our mood. Externally, we help one another in this way. Internally, sangha means even if there's no friends around, we can take refuge in sangha in terms of practice. That means how we befriend, we befriend what is skillful in the moment. The essence of sangha is that which is moving us moment to moment. The first three streams and the next five streams are these five precepts. Streams of blessing, what the Buddha called nourishments of happiness, that which is really wholesome, that leads to our welfare. The Buddha called these five precepts the five great gifts. And this, I think I don't want to make a light of that, these, these gifts. Uh, our Chinese master, Master Xunhua, speaks about these five uh, precepts like this. All living beings on the great earth have the Buddha nature. All can become Buddhas. There's not a single living being who cannot become a Buddha. It is this very point that makes the teachings of Buddhism so lofty and all-encompassing. That is why Buddhas advocate not killing, not stealing, not committing sexual misconduct, not lying, not taking intoxicants. Maintaining these five precepts is a way of showing one's regard for all living beings. all living creatures. Because the Buddha sees that all living beings are one in substance with himself. He wants to take all living beings to this accomplishment of awakening, what is called Buddhahood. 
He goes on, we living beings come into this world and renounce the roots while we grasp at the branches. We forget the fundamental matters and turn our backs on enlightenment and unite with the dust. These five precepts, which, you know, you can look at it, and not doing this and not doing that and not doing this and not doing that. Yes, it's restraint, training ourselves not to harm, not to kill, not to steal, not to exploit someone else for our own gratification, not to exploit ourselves, not to lie or use speech recklessly or heedlessly, not to seek out intoxication. That sounds negative, but the Buddha said there are five great gifts because when we undertake even the first, not to harm, not to take life, the Buddha said that offers immeasurable beings freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. So what looks so like passive, not doing something? That's a gift and a connection we're making with each other. First of all, that's what helps generate a safe space that we're all sharing this commitment not to harm. And then out, it connects with all living beings, immeasurable beings, freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. And that by doing this, when we train ourselves this way, the Buddha talked about the karmic result of that is that we then in time experience immeasurable freedom from fear, hostility, and oppression. Giving up harming. Giving up just taking what I want. Really being what's called stealing. And yet, in the, in the world today, that, that can almost look strange. Oh, how quaint oh, you, you, to take the precepts. Is that some old tradition? Rite and ritual. Renouncing the roots and grasping the branches. This is a fundamental principle that... that uh, the Buddha said is ancient, respected by wise ones over the ages, that is pristine, undiluted, these principles. Because when we just, without thinking, just take life, we're saying, oh, that's not sacred, that's not sacred, it's just only me, mine, which becomes sacred, an expression of this truth that all living beings, according to the Buddha, merge. One of the sayings we'll be looking at on this retreat is all things merge in the deathless. All multiplicity, all beings are rooted. Perception sees this, that, here, there, good, bad, But all those perceptions, all the sense of far and near is arising, vibrating, and merging, grounded, rooted in a 
brightness, unified ground of presence, which different traditions give different names to. Buddha nature, the deathless, the kingdom, the beyond, the Lord, whatever. The name that can be named is not the ultimate name. The five great gifts. Somebody who lies, is, people can even say, oh, that's re- really being good politics. You know, that, that, that's very skillful how spin or something like that. Renouncing the roots and grasping at the branches, grasping at uh, getting our way, grasping at exerting our power over someone else, grasping at uh, manipulating things, forgetting the incredible preciousness of these principles of restraint that can come from within rather than being worded as as telling people what they have to do it's called a training that we voluntarily undertake that becomes a great gift to the every living being to the whole world and to each other for this time so the form we'd like to use on our chanting sheets is uh, I'll chant uh, the first line honoring the Buddha Namotasa, uh, and then uh, everyone can echo the line back who wants to join in this, uh, these eight streams of blessing uh, and these five great gifts. Then I'll chant the first line of the refuge, Bhutang Sarangachami, which means I go for refuge to the Buddha, then echoing it back. To the Dhamma, to the Sangha, and Dutyampi means for the second time, just so it's just not a momentary flick of, oh yeah, I'll try that, being aware of the way things are and practice. That's, but it, it means a sincere intention. These are going to be principles we're working on in the retreat. And then I'll recite the first line of the first precept in Pali. People can echo it back, and together we can recite it in English, all together. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samasambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samasambuddhasa Namo tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambutasa Namo Tasa 
ಬುಥಾಂಗಾಮಿ ಥಂಗಾಮಿ ಸಾಂಗಾಂಗಾಮಿ ದ್ವಿತೀಯಾಂಗಾಮಿ 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 ತೀಯಾಂಗಾಮಿ 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 ಪಾತಿಪಾತೀಕ್ಷಣಿಸಿಖಾಪತಿ ಐಂಡರ್ಟೇಕ್ ದ ಟ್ರೈನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಅಫ್ರೈನ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಇಂಟೆನ್ಷನಲಿ ಟೇಕಿಂಗ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಅದಿನ್ನಾಪತಿ ಐ ಅಂಡರ್ಟೇಕ್ ದ ಟ್ರೈನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಅಫ್ರೈಮ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಟೇಕಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಗಿವನ್ ಕಾಮೇಸುಮಿಚಾಚಲಾಮಿ ಐ ಅಂಡರ್ಟೇಕ್ ದ ಟ್ರೈನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಅಫ್ರೈಮ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಮಿಸ್ ಯೂಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಸೆಕ್ಷುವಾಲಿಟಿ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ಸೆನ್ಸಸ್ ಮುಸಾವತೀರಮಣೀಸಿಕ್ಕಾಪತಿಯಮಿ ಐ ಅಂಡರ್ಟೇಕ್ ದ ಟ್ರೈನಿಂಗ್ ಟು ಅಫ್ರೈಮ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಸ್ಪೀಚ್ ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಫಾಸ್ ಡಿವೈಸಿವ್ ಹಾರ್ಷ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ಲೆಸ್ ಸುರಮೇರಮಜಪಮಾಧಾತ್ಥಾನೇರಮಣೀಸಿಕ್ಕಾಪತಿ ಸುರಮೇರಮಜಪಮಾಧಾತ್ಥಾನೇರಮಣೀಸಿಖ 
I undertake the training to refrain from intoxication which leads to carelessness. Om Shanti A beautiful gift emanating in all directions. Countless beings can breathe more easily. Can rest without having to look over their shoulder as much when there's people committing ourselves as we just did. Beautiful gift, and a profound one, this refraining. Looks negative, but refraining already requires some presence of mind, presence of heart, so that we can catch those impulses of anger and impatient that just wants to get rid of something. It can say, ah, no. Not to be acted on. Not to be spoken. Or those impulses of grasping that just want what I want. Not sensitive to its impact on others. A real expression of respect for every single living being near and far. Already it begins to develop mindfulness and presence. And then we start to not put into motion all these karmas, these creations that lead to painful consequences for those around us and then reverberate back on us. The lawful universe. When we offer immeasurable beings more freedom, including each other on this journey we're taking together. It's a beautiful gift that allows in time for us to experience immeasurable freedom. And it creates the foundation for that very important practice of meditation, calming the mind. When the mind's more caught up in all these actions that we're unskillful actions, it tangles up the mind, blocks us from being free from remorse, blocks us from ease.
on this retreat there will be opportunities for cultivating sitting and walking, standing, lying down, meditation in all postures, Dharma, talks, instructions in the morning and in the evening. There'll be opportunities to check in and group interviews to find out how your meditation's going. There's wonderful support structures here if one's really having a hard time. There's also offering, uh, we'll be offering a bowing practice for those who wish to join in in the early morning to Kuan Yin, and some chanting, recitation. And also be Qigong. We offer these these things because they've been very useful to us uh, over the years in our practice. And but we trust you, trust you to sense, sense in what is your body, your mind, your energies. Uh, what is working uh, for you? There's a schedule. It's not a military operation. Nobody's taking notes on who did the most sittings. And, uh, we encourage you to participate as, uh, as much as you can, but to really honor. I mean, having spent many years ill myself, I know how and how exhausted many people arrive with a lot of undigested exhaustion through pushing to keep up with all the duties sometimes there's a real need to, to rest. And, and, we, and if you need to rest in some of the sessions, please do that. But I encourage you to do it carefully, mindfully. If one rests, really, really enjoy consciously being able to let the body be supported by ground. But please do uh, what's really important uh, is, is even if you're very uh, tired, rest in between times and, and try to really make sure you come to the uh, morning instruction and to the evening talk and to your interview group so that you can stay in line with the retreat. It's very important. I encourage you, there's a lot of experience in this room also, there's some of you who uh, might be new to the practice or new to some of the approaches that we offer. I encourage you to be kind to yourself, to the moods. Don't be too quick to, oh, but I, that peaceful state I had two years ago, whoo, man. To think that's the really good thing and it's lovely to have a peaceful state and we want to get back to it. But just be careful about dismissing or judging, you know, the dullness or the exhaustion or the restlessness. It's somehow it's not working, not working. As our teacher would say, don't be in too big a hurry to get rid of the so-called afflictions. 
the hindrances. He would say, they are your teachers. And when we have a teacher, we're respectful. Kitty Sarah, I know. Being respectful to the restlessness and dullness, yes. When we're so wanting to get over it, get beyond it, get rid of it, guess what? We're reifying it as a thing, as a, as a real solid thing, an entity, my problem. When we're respectful, doesn't mean to say it's easy. And honoring that this is, is, is part of our, the Dharma nature of this conditioning that we have that's showing itself. It's an opportunity to develop patience and understanding. What the, our teacher called orphans of consciousness that, uh, that have been stuffed into a dungeon, or thrown out into the wilderness, that want to be blessed by awareness, consciousness. Famous teaching of the Buddha, Vimutti Sara Sabe Dhamma. Sabe Dhamma means every single circumstance. That's every single one. Sabe is a big, that's all. All Dhammas, all circumstances. Vimutti Sara. Vimutti means free, boundless. Sara, like my name has Kitti Saro. Sara is a word that means the core or the essence, that all circumstances, all moments, all situations have at their essence freedom, this brightness, this luminosity, this undying, this deathless ground, what the Buddha called the original brightness, or the amatta dhamma, that dimension of reality which is not coming and going, where all things merge. This root, he called it the root, the primal, pure essence of consciousness. It's, and we'll be chanting when we really explore what the dharma that we're taking refuge in is. We're, we're talking about this dharma is sanditiko, it's always here didn't say it's only here when we're not restless. didn't say it's only here when we're not exhausted. Always. So to encourage us, it's not that we're getting somewhere. Yes, there's a path and we talk about development, but to encourage this attitude of honoring, really honoring this moment as, as this sacred ground is here. Not somewhere else. One of the big challenges that the Buddha recognized as being the root cause of all this conflict disharmony and 
when we want peace and end up in conflict. When you trace the root back to conceptual proliferation, this thinking and concepts that have been tinged with delusion, we start getting caught in, in these constructs of me and mine and you and yours and the good and the bad and what I really want and what I really don't want. And that grammar then becomes, it becomes our universe. Of, and we box our, we contract this measureless being into someone with this problem or that problem or, or contract others. They're my enemy. They're this, they're that. So an important part as this retreat goes on is to, uh, is to be interested in what's happening with our thinking. Can't just stop it. Oh, we can practice. But it's not a question of hating thinking. But also being interested in it, listening to it. So in our bowing practice, we're will bow to Kuan Yin, the great compassionate one who listens. That's what her name means. Kuan means listen. Yin means sound. Kuan Yin is the great awakened compassionate one who listens at ease to the sounds of the world. At our deepest core there is a quality that nature that's always awake, always listening. When we bow, the the symbol is bowing, taking all of our being, our mind, thinking mind, our body, this heart of awareness, and touching the ground. Or if our body can't do that, just even nodding, bowing a little. But we're taking this, this... this brain with so much fragments life into good, bad, me, you, here, there. And we're touching it to this ground, this place where our mother, the mother earth, all forms on the earth go back to the ground. It's a symbol, touching the ground, returning. Namo means I return my life to this ground of being, this root source where all things merge and the gateway the way home is listening is awareness it's another word for the refuge and in our meditation practice we'll also be looking at how rather than just getting lost in whole streams of thought, we'll be learning how to moderate thought with a, a phrase or a word to, to direct the attention back to this moment. And a sacred name is one of the skillful means that in all, many great religious, all the great religious traditions have had this gateway of the sacred name. When we think the name, it touches the heart and it dissolves. But as it dissolves, it it takes us back to this ground, returning to this essential place of awareness, of listening.
it's hard to get our conceptual proliferation in, in perspective because there's so much wanting to figure things out and, and avert things that are difficult and get to the good stuff. And the Buddha realized that uh, that goes round and round and round. And he realized that this foundation of training our awareness to be here and now in the body is a way of slowing down and giving this mind a pleasing, more pleasing place. Well, when the body's all stressed, it's not such a pleasing place to be. But we'll, uh, an important part of Contemplative practice is learning how to, to properly balance the energies of the body and mind. And in that sense, that's why we're offering the qigong, which goes with the meditation really well. The, bully, the Buddha realized as the meditation on what we'll be using, the in and out breath, that as that flowers and matures, it spreads through the whole body. So he's encouraging us to be aware and sensitive to the whole body as we breathe in and out. Coordinating breath and movement in very uh, simple qigong exercises has been a blessing uh, for, for ourselves uh, and for, for many others. So these are some of the skillful means that will be offered that uh, many of you have already done it for many times, for, the, for those of you who it's uh, new, I encourage you to, uh, to try it out. But it's, they're optional. And the silence is a friend. As a dear, dear teacher, Godwin Samaratana, who used to visit us every few years in South Africa, he came from Sri Lanka. Um, as he used to say, the letters of silent, S-I-L, E-N-T, you rearrange them into listen. This noble silence is giving us permission not to have to be scintillating personalities, not to have to do this or do that. We're going to have permission to disconnect. Our duties are all important, but we can get churned up with exhaustion and, and just overriding what our body-mind really needs. And so, you know, I really encourage us to set aside our electronic stuff and, and allow the silence to welcome us, to give us permission to listen. And listening, awareness, is blesses whatever it touches. And so when we gather into that listening, a body, this body, it will be blessed. Our moods, they will be blessed. Our impulses, they will be blessed and transformed in the gateway home to that ever-present, always shining, peaceful ground that is uh, here all along, but that which we can uh, so easily overlook. So I'm... Uh,
pleased with this uh, wonderful team that we have, that we can be here with you. We don't have all the answers. We're going to be practicing with you. It's our opportunity, too, to practice. And then occasionally one of us, like me right now, will open my mouth and make some encouragement, but I'm also encouraging myself to practice. I love meditation. I love contemplation. Because the nature of awareness puts things into balance. The nature of awareness illuminates and what seemed seemed fragment fragmented and impossible when I really pause I I realize this this moment this world is really truly mysterious and infused with an awesome uh, blessedness so welcome may it be a a really good retreat Tanisha and I would also like to, uh, after you in a moment stretch just for a couple of minutes, uh, do a short blessing chant from the time of the Buddha, which are called protection chants, where we're invoking the victories of the Buddha who also faced attacks and confusions and uh, uh, difficulties that he met with generosity that he met with patience, that he met with kindness, that he met with truthfulness, uh, that he met with, with determination, all the qualities which we, as we mine the treasures of our heart, we will find they will come forth so that we too will meet what comes up. So let's just take a, a couple of minutes uh, quietly to stretch and then we'll uh, finish the evening uh, with a blessing chant.
Ta jita parita banandu Sagay kame jarube Ngirisi kratate jantarike vimani Diberate jagame Taruana kahanneke hawatumike de Puma jayantu deva jalatala Tanta Santikaya Muniwara Wachinang Sarume Sunandu Buddha Sanakaro Ayambadanta Tamasuanakaro Ayambadanta Sangha Pairupasanakaro Tante 
Vajasambhavatu Tejaya Mangala Nisacha Vihaya Mati Sajakavada Ketu Vata Viro Abhidamanang Atiyanda Bhutam Panyabhadiyam Pajalito Chittavamunindo Tantejasambhavatu Tejaya Kalaninando Abandanda Bujagami Budang Mahiti Putena Tera Bujagena Dama Bayanto Hitu Ambadeza Vitina Jito Amunindo Tante Jasamba Sudadahata Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org.
www.org slash donate.